We're on Simen Kuf Nun Dalid. We are up to Sif Tesvav, and that's what we'll be doing. B'nei Krash HaKanu Sefer Torah, the people of a city that bought a Sefer Torah, the Hisnu with the following stipulation, Shem Yetzei Echod Me'akrach Shanesharim Yitn Lo Chelko that if anyone moves out, he will get his share back. So what happened? The townspeople all chipped in, and they bought themselves a Sefer Torah, and now one of them is about to leave. So the halachi is that the people will have to get together to buy him out. V'hukru hasvarim. So this was done, and now the price went up. In yotza echad mehem You can only get back... Um, you can only get back what you paid for it. You could not get back today's price. What's the reason for it? Even though they made a t'nai that you were going to get your chilek back, it is obvious that it was not made in a way where you're going to have to make a complicated assessment of how much it's worth. It was meant that what you're going to get back is, uh, is probably whatever you put into it. Therefore, the halachi is that all you get back is what it used to be worth, and if the price went up, you don't get any more of that, any more than that. Now, um, the uh, the Mishnah Brewer brings down that uh, um, that that aside from that, um, let's say I have a suffix in what their kavana was. Did they really mean that I'm only going to get back what I invested, or did they mean that I'll get whatever my chelik is worth? So he says that even uh, even in a, a case of suffix, what we do is we say, listen, he's trying to get money out of them. The halachi is he's got to prove that they own the money. Therefore. Um, in a case where he was menadev, everybody chipped in to buy a Sefer Torah, and now one of them is leaving, and they made a stipulation that when you leave, you get your money back, um, he cannot be toveya from us more than what he paid at the time he paid in. Um, says the Mishnah if that's the case, what happens the other way around? What happens if the price went down? So there, Lachur, the, the Tzibur has the right to tell him, you've got to give the higher price, because that's what we all, we all chipped in. Um... So in that, that, even though we say that the tzibur probably doesn't want to have to make a shuma, they don't want to have to go and assess it, and therefore you go by the original price, that's only if it went up. Whereas if it actually went down, the mishtabur has it sad to say that that's all they have to pay and no more. Now, um, further, what happens in a case of, uh, of shutfim that buy something and now they want to divide? Um, so what do we say here? Uh, do we also say that you go by, by the, the price at the time that they bought? Says the Mishtabura, obviously not. A shutfist that wants to break up, what they do is everyone gets whatever their chilek is worth, meaning they find out the entire value and each one gets his chilek in the value. Um, the only reason why here it's an exception is here without a t'nai, my assumption is that when someone donates or, or something to a Sefer Torah in a shul, he wants it to be used in this shul even when he's gone. Uh, and that's generally speaking the case, that when a person is menad of something to a shul, so he lets go of it, he really has no say in it. Um, therefore, we say that even though the person's moving, that's it, he donated his money there. Um, so uh, the, the only difference, uh, the, 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 so that is very different than a case of shutvis, where when you divide, you have the right to divide and take your entire half. So over here we go, in the case of the shul, we go by the price at the very beginning. They're doing you a favor, and we assume that they don't want to have the headache of having to try to figure out the value, and therefore they go by what they paid for it to begin with, whenever they paid for it. Not so when you're dealing with shutvim, you've got to evaluate by the price of today. Now, um, what about a, a, uh, a, um, a shul uh, that is breaking up into two shuls, 
and uh, some of the members would like to take some of the clay kodesh of this shul with them. So the halacha is like this. The halacha is that if there's something that was donated to the shul by a specific person, and everyone knows that it belongs to this person, its name, his name is still on it. Everyone knows that this was donated by this person. He or his descendants have the right to decide which of the two shuls that object is going to end up with. Otherwise, you actually do divide it equally. Um, a few other, uh, a few other shilas. What happens if a shul is is uh, breaking up into two shuls, and there were things that were bought by the shul itself? So the halach is you have two ways of splitting it up. Either you split up that some are given here and some are given there, or if there is no such opportunity, so what we do is uh, we divide it by time. You have time sharing. Um, you use it now. I'll use it. Uh, I'll use it tomorrow. In the case of a uh, person who bought a mitzvah in a shul, um, and then the malchus disbanded the shul in a way that you couldn't uh, you couldn't use it. So, for example, he bought galila. He paid a certain amount of money that he should have galila for the whole year, and then the the authorities wouldn't allow them to daven. They wouldn't allow them to daven there, and therefore there was no galila. So it depends. If he knew of the of the gzera on its way and bought it anyway, then we say that he was mochel, and therefore he'd have to pay the full price, even though he ended up not getting galila. Whereas if uh, if he didn't know, so here already there's a machlokis, and that is Rebbe Eger Tainiz, that um, as long as we understand that when he was buying it, he was buying it al das to have galila a whole year then the halachi is that we consider as if he made a tanai. Whereas others learn that you have to actually make a tanai kafel, where you have to say you have to say both sides out, you have to have the hain kodam lalav, and so on. Only if you made a tanai kafel, only in that case, would we say that if you couldn't get your galila, you wouldn't have to pay for it, otherwise you would have to. What happens if you find an aved in a shul? It does not belong to the shul, it belongs to you. Also, someone that dedicates something to a shul is allowed to have his name written on it. Um, whereas the Mishtabura says you shouldn't write the name of the Gabai who got the person to give. That much you don't do. Um, the Mishtabura brings down, uh, first of all, a Chuvas Arashba, that when you're menad of something to a shul, you're allowed to have your name put on it, and uh, don't think that there's something wrong with that. This encourages other people to give. Um, second of all, in uh, in uh, the case of um, yeah, there was a case mentioned in the Sefer Chassidim of somebody that bought a mitzvah and refused to allow anyone else to become a shutif in that mitzvah. He personally will finance it all the time, and he says that terrible things happened to that person who was not really nothing left of his family eventually. So that if you're talking about a dvar mitzvah, you don't try to cut the kahal out of doing the dvar mitzvah. <laughs>